This week from GNC Week in Review, powered by geeknewscentral.com. Jeff Bezos is flying to the moon. Bitcoin lands in El Salvador as legal tender. And Facebook will have its own smartwatch. Those are some of the tech news stories from this week, and it's Friday, June 11th, 2021. My name is Kirk Corliss. And I'm Scott Ertz. And this is episode 90 of the GNC Week in Review podcast, proud partner of the Tech Podcast Network. If it's tech, it's here. Thank you so much for tuning in for this week's episode. We are live on gncweekly.com slash live, so please be sure to say hello in chat or comment. Also, to be sure to like and subscribe to the GNC WIR channel on YouTube. If you miss the live video, that's okay. You can always catch the replay later. If you are a listener, please be sure to, to please be sure to subscribe to the podcast where you can find on the right hand side column at gncweekly.com, be it Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or your favorite podcast app. If you have a comment, be it on social media or email, and those links can be found at gncweekly.com forward slash connect. So we were off for a couple of weeks. Um, Memorial Day weekend was last week. Um, had a day prop day job things going on. And last week it was some computer problems, and also there was there was a storm that struck here in Hamilton where I live. So I was afraid uh, I was going the power was going to go out, internet, yeah. And, and again, on top of that, I had computer problems. So you know, none of that's good. No, <laughs> no, it's not. So, um, so we're back. I'm glad we're back. Um, Back. We're For episode sure. 90. We're episode 90. We're 10 episodes away from 100. We're almost I'm, there. I am so happy. I mean, 100 is a big deal. So we got, you know, Scott and I are in talks of uh, new gra- some graphics and some other cool stuff, new logo for the website. Um, I'm waiting on my HD camera from that I ordered that was on <laughs> Kickstarter. I was supposed to get it this month and I got an email a couple days ago that I'm not getting the camera until. August. However, I got some good news. We're I'm per, the house that I'm in and living in. Um, I'm buying a house, so I'm like, thank you. So I'm really, really happy. So I'm probably gonna move from my bedroom down in our basement and get things set up so that I'll be probably soon. Not, you know, I'm not going to. Uh, we're gonna take one day at a time. So yeah. gonna, look it's, at some things and you're not doing it on tuesday is what you're saying right <laughs> no <laughs> no it's going to be a little by little it's got to go through the real estate uh, oh, yeah. the uh, real estate agent and deal with the mortgage company and and all that so i am really really happy i'm really excited and and uh but i'm i'm happy we're again i'm happy we're back we're mm-hmm. rolling on to episode 100 and bigger better things also by the way um uh we i forgot to mention this to you, Scott earlier, but um, but the podcast awards are coming. Uh, voting, so I just put it, I put us in for um the uh, tech category and the uh, best uh, podcast. So voting starts on July first. Um, so I will send, I will post, will post things on the uh, website and also on our social media pages. <clears throat> Excuse me. So voting starts on July first. So please, would be really appreciative uh, that uh, that. You know, we appreciate you guys listening and watching, and sure. so definitely July first it starts voting. So we'll we'll uh, get that out a little bit later on, later on this month. So get ready for that. Okay, 
All right. So with that in mind, we're going to jump in and there's a little bit of a light news this week. Um, but uh, but we're going to except for one company that <laughs> monopolized the entire week. Exactly. So we'll get into that uh, a little bit later. But the first news up first in the news, uh, Blue Origin's first suborbital tourist flight next month. We joined by two special guests. The private aerospace company's founder and soon-to-be former Amazon CEO Jeff Bezos and his brother Mark. Taking to Instagram, Bezos says, quote, ever since I was five years old, I've dreamed of traveling to space. On July 20th, I will take that journey with my brother, the greatest venture with my friend, with my best friend. He signed off with a hashtag containing the blue origin motto, Gradium Ferociter, which I have, which means, I hope I missed pronounced it correctly means Latin phrase. It means quote, step-by-step ferociously. There was bidding for a tourist spot. Yeah, that makes sense. (laughs) There was bidding for a tourist spot on the space ventures inaugural human flight aboard the new Shepard rocket close to 6,000 participants from 143 countries have already taken part with the highest bid at $2.8 million. Can you say that's a lot of greenbacks? Blue, Blue Origin has said that it will donate the proceeds to a STEM-focused foundation club for the future. Just over a month ago, just over a month later, on July 20th, the launch will take six passengers 62 miles above the surface above the surface of the Earth. Those on the flight will experience weightlessness and see the curvature of the Earth before returning back to the ground. So <laughs> I wouldn't want to if I had millions of dollars, I would not uh <laughs> want to go up in space and then come back (laughs) i will say that it is significantly less money than radio shack paid to have lance bass train to go up in a shuttle that never happened Mm. i saw the i saw the circle when he said that yeah you're right (laughs) yeah when uh it was so funny because when when he came out whenever that was, it was while I was still at Radio Shack. Uh, every every online publication ran the photo of him with the Radio Shack turtleneck at NASA. That was the image that everybody ran with. And I'm like, oh, that's interesting accidental cross-promotion. <laughs> nice. Those aren't the headlines that we expected the logo to show up on, but I guess mm. here we are. And... uh Maybe we can use it. I don't know. But, you know, and it's amazing. They almost went away entirely. So (laughs) didn't work out, but that's okay. But I mean, it's, it's a lot of money Mm -hmm. um, to not technically go to space. (laughs) It's really high up there, but it's technically not entirely outside of the 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 earth's uh control so you know but i mean it you'd be the first consumers to do it i mean it is a big deal it's right it would be super exciting but it's a lot of money it's a lot of money for a fancy plane ride right that's only that's gonna go all the way up and then all the and you can experience weightlessness pretty much like in any uh like if you go to like amusement park or there's some companies or some yeah there's some businesses that um that do that for less money and 
You get wear some really cool costumes. <laughs> okay, not gonna lie, wasn't expecting. Well, well, you just dropped there for a second. You said was expecting what? Uh oh, uh oh. So I don't know who it is that is or is not live. <laughs> I see it's, motion again. Yeah. So it, I, it, I figured you, I would continue talking just in case I was the one that still existed. No, you're, just, you're uh, fine. You're right. You said you weren't expecting what? Oh, uh, really cool costumes. I wasn't expecting that. That was a funny, <laughs> that was a funny way of describing it. No, there's, there's one. I can't remember. The, I remember seeing it on, on TV or somewhere where they had like these blue jumps, not jump, yeah, blue jumpsuits and helmets. And, and it, you could go in this with like this, like a, like a, an airplane or like a, not a hangar, but a, um, the body of an airplane and you experience weightlessness and you're like, you know, you're floating around and I'm like, <laughs> so <laughs> I don't know. I just thought that was kind of, that was kind of odd and funny at the yeah. same time. So, but I, but also I've noticed too that, that you know he is everyone is everyone on this space i'm not really in i'm you know you have elon musk who's all in all in with you know with space and for sure you know and is this like a trend for all these big ceos that want to spend billions of dollars and putting all their own money god bless them their own money in the space where you can like there's other things in this world and this country can like use large like billions of dollars i just find that kind of odd that it's you know it's all because of the x prize um okay. both of these companies got started uh in trying to to compete for the x prize okay and and now they're just kind of well we've got all this stuff mm -hmm. <laughs> let's mm -hmm. keep on going because in reality there is a future in it um there's there's money to be made in it there's uh, resources for humanity in it. So, I mean, there there is a humanitarian benefit in space exploration. But, oh. yeah, I mean, it is a lot of money spent mm -hmm. on what seems like trying to be uh, Captain Picard. Right. Right. <laughs> good. Nice. So. Nice. Good. Good way, to, good way to spend that, because also too, and, and you know, Musk is all also all in on Starlink, and I know a lot of people are mm -hmm. are like are hoping and praying to get, you know, to get internet broadband internet. You know, Todd, you know who, you know he's he's like he's going to be first in line dropping down, you know, deposit to get the uh, to get that, and he's been saying that oh. he's been wanting that for like months. Yeah. He I, he's already given them money. Mm -hmm. Yep. Yeah, I mean, he's ready. Mm -hmm. Yep. Yep. The, the apparently the people who were in the first round of being able to test it uh have said it's really stable and they just got a speed upgrade recently like in the last two weeks i seem to remember reading so i mean it's it's in action and uh and the people who were lucky enough to get in on the the first invite round <laughs> mm -hmm. seem to really be happy with it so that's a good sign yep yeah, it's a good thing. I'm just hoping that the next CEO is not going to like because the next CEO is all in on space. I'm like, come on. I mean, this this has got to be like a like this bad fad. It's gonna 
<laughs> okay, I got billions of dollars. Okay, I'm going to use that money and go to space, or I'm going to, you know. Well, I mean, if if you're a multi-billionaire mm-hmm. and you've got money to spend on what could potentially be interesting things, right? Space is super interesting, and then right. uh, Bill Gates went into I'm, mosquitoes. You know. I was just gonna say. I mean, he's. I mean, he's got like a foundation set up that to go towards the various things that that are impacting the world. I mean, yeah, climate change and water conservation and mosquitoes, uh, mosquitoes, right, <laughs> right. You know, so I would think it that was the, it was the first thing they tackled, mm-hmm. which is still a little weird to me. Right. Um, I understand malaria. I got it, but. Mm-hmm. Right. I've got a shirt from the mosquito division of the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation. Can't wait to see what they rename that. Right. Oh, I know. Yeah, right. That's a whole different story from another day. <laughs> oh, that's been my favorite story for the last two weeks. <laughs> it's not for either of our shows, but all right. Well, <laughs> you've been my favorite story for weeks. All right. Well, you have to tell me that uh, off here. All right. Other news this week, um, Associated Editor Jen Thorpe, who posts on GeekNewsCentral.com, that El Salvador has become the first country to adopt Bitcoin as legal tender. This is coming from CNBC. Um, Lawmakers in El Salvador's Congress voted by a supermajority in favor of the Bitcoin law. It got 62 out of 84 of the legislature's vote. Um, When the news happened, the price of Bitcoin went up from five up by 5% to $34,239.17 shortly after the results of the vote was known. Um, CNBC also has reported Bitcoin is known for wild for wild price spring, wild price swings that have prompted critics to suggest understatement. Not, right. <laughs> and that has that prompted critics to suggest it is not suitable as an effective currency. It is still unclear how El Salvador uh, will ultimately roll out Bitcoin as legal tender. As a result of the Bitcoin law, price in El Salvador can now be shown in Bitcoin. Tax contributions can be paid with digital currency, and exchanges in Bitcoin will not be subject to capital gains tax. According to the law, the exchange rate with the U.S. dollar will, quote, will be freely established by the market. Currently, El Salvador's official currency is U.S. dollar. CNBC also reported that According to the Bitcoin law, approximately 70% of El Salvador does not have access to traditional financial services. The use of Bitcoin is seen as a way to increase financial inclusion. Reuters is reporting that President Nayib Bukele, and if I'm mispronouncing this person's name, I apologize, has touted the use of Bitcoin for its potential to help Salvadorians live abroad to send remittances back home, while saying the U.S. dollar will also continue as legal tender. The use of Bitcoin will be optional. Not required. El Salvador will be El Salvador will begin using Bitcoin as legal tender in ninety days with the Bitcoin Bitcoin dollar exchange rate set by the market. There are so many questions that come to this. Um, on why let's, would the let's start Let's start here. Let's start here real quick with if you're watching on the 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 video. Uh, this is a graph of the last three months of Bitcoin prices. Mm-hmm. It has been as high as 62,000 
uh, $680, and it has been below 35000 in that same 90-day window in which they're planning to launch this. Mm-hmm. I'm, that's not great for an official currency of a country. That's... That's the difference between going to the grocery store with a five to buy bread and a wheelbarrow. (laughs) Right. That's the difference between the United States and, uh, and Belarus in the nineties. I mean, that's, Mm -hmm. it's not ideal. Mm -hmm. So it'll be interesting to see how it works. I understand what they're trying to accomplish uh, with this, but there are other options for it. Um, I'm trying to remember. I think it was 2018 at Collision was the year we started in the hallway. Yeah. Ha ha ha. You know, the fact that I remember these years is a good sign. That it is. And it's, and it's the relevant. product that the product was good. So it was mm-hmm. a company called pay smarter and they had built basically a system. I have no idea what their current state is. Uh, I have not checked on this in a while. The website comes up with a, uh, uh-uh, so, uh, but they had built a system for developing countries, mm-hmm. uh, to be able to help those specifically in Latin America to be able to help those that are unbanked, which is what they're trying to deal with here, right? Because, mm-hmm. you know, you might have a phone, but you might not have access to traditional banking. Uh, but something like like PaySmarter or whatever it might be today, mm-hmm. uh, if it exists, um, mm-hmm. you know, what could help specifically with that. And I think that was a great idea. And that's obviously what they're trying to do here because right. they kind of state that, you know, that's, that's a big part of what's happening. But... You don't know the Bitcoin the way to do it. But also, too, is that when it said the reporting that 70% does not have access to it, and I know that there's, you know, when when people live in America and they're sending money down there, they use different, you know, variants like Western Union. and, Mm -hmm. um, And I don't know as far as their broadband. I know in some countries that there's great access to broadband. Some countries and the poor countries are not. So, you know, Bitcoin is like one of the, so how, that's what one of the questions I have is that, well, it's a couple of questions. One, you know, if there's not that, there's like a lot, 70% don't use it or not, you know, or it probably doesn't have access to that. And, and also too, a lot of people don't know the risks. The other question is, and a concern that I think is the the risk with Bitcoin, because if like the stock market, it fluctuates, you know, yeah. Up and down, second, second to second. Okay, yeah, so it's, it's it's second. You know, it fluctuates from second to second. You can right. like if if I had had that that graph set to like real time, you know, I mean, you can literally watch this graph move while we're sitting here. Mm-hmm. You can see the price up at the top going nuts from right. second to second, right. And I mean, yes, the U.S. dollar does the same thing, but right. without the obvious ebbs and flows. Right. Well, that's um, well, with, with Bitcoin over the years, and maybe you can fill fill me and our audience, and our listeners and viewers about it. Is that you know, um, it you know, I 
I'm kind of concerned. I don't really, I don't invest in Bitcoin. I'm, I'm afraid to do, to put any, put any money in it because I know that God forbid something happens. I'm going to be, I'm going to be screwed. And that's, mm-hmm. you know, and I'm just thinking that with this country as to put, to go all, to go all in with it without, you know, something to back it up with. That's something that's alarming and concerning. Yeah. It's, now, granted, they do have something to back it up. They've got the U.S. dollar, right? Which is, you know, a good sign. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it's definitely, it's definitely weird. Exactly. We've seen other countries that have established cryptocurrency in their collection of official currencies, mm-hmm. but they've been tied to their dollar right they've they've been uh um stable coin Mm -hmm. issued by the country Mm -hmm. which is different but Mm -hmm. in so so like you said 70 percent of people in the country don't have access to traditional banks right which is important right and you've got a lot of people that are out of the country trying to send money back and that can be expensive right. and you get hit with capital gains and there's all mm-hmm. kinds of other things that get mm-hmm. hit on top of that. Right. But, but right now today, well, this is as of 2018, there were nine and a half million mobile cellular subscriptions in El Salvador. Okay. And only seven and a half mil, seven and a half billion people. Wait, that can't be million people. Mm million people that's the whole population of the planet so there's seven and a half million people and nine and a half million wireless subscribers so okay basically the entire country has access to this right 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 they've they've got a phone and -hmm. they would be able to transfer bitcoin person to person fairly easily so that's a good sign right um then because it's an official currency they don't get hit with uh with um capital gains which is Mm -hmm. nice right so there's definitely benefits but again like avram and i talk about on f5 live all the time there's a lot of inherent insecurity with it exactly uh, if you're not if you're not prepared for it so there's definitely problems that will need to be addressed 90 days is not enough time Yeah, I, I'm not saying that they had something to fall back on. Yeah, they had the USL where I was thinking, like, concerned, God forbid. <coughs> um, I don't know. I just think that's really, I don't know why. I would love to know what the reasoning behind is using it as their official currency. and As you know, opposed to a stable coin, which they could implement it, and allow all the same things without the fluctuation. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yep. Exactly. Yeah, so that's something interesting to to keep to watch out for, and uh, yeah, that's going to be interesting to see what happens. All right, other news this week: um, Facebook has been working on a smartwatch, and now the next move is into hardware. Could feature a display with two cameras that can be detected from a stainless steel frame to capture photos and videos. You'll be able to share your captures across Facebook services, as according to The Verge. It includes Instagram, which has officially supported phone uploads since it debuted in 2010. The display unit reportedly have a front camera for video calls and a rear 1080p one with autofocus. There might be third-party accessories, which you can attach the unit. 
Um, Facebook's smartwatch is expected to arrive next summer. It's not clear yet on how much Facebook plans to charge for its first smartwatch, but it could be around $400. They're also saying the watch could have a heart rate monitor, also LTV, also offering LTE connectivity. Um, and as such, those who buy it won't necessarily have to pair it with a phone, which would reduce Facebook's reliance on iPhone and Android devices to a certain degree. This is also from report, um, reporting from Engadget um, that said the watch will likely use a custom version of Android and there'll probably be a accompanying phone app. According to report, um, latest versions of the smartphone, uh, latest versions of the smartphone, smart watch which already is said to be in development, will offer a way of people to interact with other, pro with other product Facebook has mentioned publicly, augmented reality glasses. Um, and Canada is also reporting that somewhat possible that Facebook could decide not to move forward in most watch plans. However, given that the company has reportedly plowed around $1 billion in the smartwatch development, there seems like a slim chance that happening. Facebook has had mixed success with hardware over the years, although... Um, and Gadget is saying Oculus appears to be performing well. Portal, uh, Portal smart plays don't seem to have set the world on fire. Facebook's brief play <laughs> into smartphone. Oh, oh, what a what a great Fire Phone joke. Continue. Bray <laughs> <Okay. laughs> in smartphones alongside HTC was a failure. The HTC first reportedly only sold around fifteen thousand units. Facebook's vice president of, of augmented and virtual reality, Andrew Bosworth, responded to the latest report on Twitter saying, uh, although he didn't confirm plans of really smart which he didn't exactly deny the details either. Um, he says, quote, he wrote, uh, we've said we want AR glasses to be truly useful. We're investing in technologies across the board that'll make the that will make that will make that interaction feel more natural and and intuitive. Uh, this includes like EMG haptics adaptive interfaces that could can come could come together in a wrist-based form factor. There is no way <laughs> I'm getting I'm I again I am on Facebook for about maybe five minutes a day, if that. And mm -hmm. and I check in on on different pages and I check with Scott from time to time, you know, during the week and you know, what have you. Mm -hmm. There is no way, I mean, the meaning I would like to get a smartwatch. There is no way <laughs> that I'm going to be looking at my phone, looking at my wrist every five minutes, looking for that Facebook logo and thing and popping up hard pass. <laughs> yeah. And I'm not the best one to have this conversation with because I have an Apple watch. I have a Samsung watch. And for those of you who are watching, you'll notice that neither of them are on me because I have only ever found one device to to add any value to my day, and that was my Microsoft Band, and that was only barely. <laughs> Slightly. It was only a slight improvement to my day, not so much that I have fought to keep it working. <laughs> right? So mm -hmm. I... I was super excited about the idea of smartwatches. Um, Avram got me excited about them early on, and then he lost his interest, and I never had it. I just, I've had lots of them, and I just can't bring myself to care. Mm. And I'm certainly not going to care about one from Facebook. Right. Because here's the thing. That portal, 
is awesome. The mm-hmm. fact that it's able to to keep you in focus without losing uh, resolution, which likely means that that it's a significantly higher quality camera than what they than the resolution they give you access to, so that they can digital zoom by cropping without losing any res. Mm-hmm. Yeah, all that's really cool. I have no interest in having one. Right. <laughs> Yeah, I think what it seems like Facebook is throwing things against the wall and see it'll stick. Yeah. And, you know, it feels and, a lot like Fire Phone. Mm hmm. Yep. In that they spent a lot of time, tried to create some. And I mean, they did. Mm-hmm. There, there's one of them around here somewhere. Um, <laughs> the, 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 the 3D, whatever they called it, the 3D view, that wasn't it, but it was something like that. You know, the 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 unique interaction, it was all interesting. Mm-hmm. It didn't make anything better, though. Right. That's the problem, right? Mm-hmm. What is going to be Facebook's hope with this? Like, are they hoping to sell a smartwatch? Or is this actually a sensor array for an augmented reality headset under the Oculus brand? Oh, well, now mm-hmm. we're going to have some conversations right Mm -hmm. but if it's just a smartwatch with facebook's logo on it i don't care i also don't want an ar headset from oculus because oculus now requires you to sign sign in with facebook (laughs) but i love ar everybody who knows me knows that i am obsessed with augmented reality and uh it's the reason why I was wearing a HoloLens for a while, you know, doing work on that. And I, I love AR. It's cool technology and some something to make the interaction better, makes sense. But again, I still don't want it from Facebook. Mm-hmm. I don't want the AR from Facebook either. And I think also too, maybe what they're what they're probably thinking is maybe, you know, since everyone's on Facebook on their phones or on their laptop, I think maybe they're thinking their play is that they're having on your wrist, again, going back to my example, you know, checking for notifications, um, checking your newsfeed, um, you know, if you don't have your phone with you. But you don't have to be, you don't have to get into the hardware game to do that. Hardware is expensive. Mm-hmm. A billion dollars into R&D at $400 a unit. They'll never pay off that R&D. They're going to be in the hole the whole time. So spend that time to make the Apple Watch experience for Facebook the best it could possibly be and move on with your day. Because there there were stats that came out uh, two weeks ago. Apple owns the smartwatch and nobody else is statistically nobody else is statistically significant. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, they absolutely own that industry. And at this point, anybody who thinks they're going to break that, that monopoly up is crazy. Mm-hmm. I, so I don't know. Well, that's my, my guess, but I, I don't know. I just think yeah. that, you know, they were, they're, I think that they're, again, going back to my example, the, uh, saying you know they're saying that's throwing something against the wall, see if it sticks, and they're going to try to any little possible way to get, you know, be it AR or <clears throat> excuse me, anything <clears throat> out in their people's eyeball, you know, people's eyeballs on it, you know, 
We'll it see. is a it is a billion dollar pasta sauce they're hoping will stick. <laughs> right. That's that's bonkers. Right. Absolutely inappropriate because they could have spent one percent of that and built the best Apple Watch and uh Galaxy Gear uh experience possible. Mm-hmm. And and they could have owned the the platform. Let somebody else sell the hardware. You own the experience. Make it the best possible, and just move on. But whatever. Yeah. Well. Well. Speaking of Apple. Yeah. <laughs> speaking of Apple, this and like I said at the top, this dominated the news. Um, yeah. On Tuesday, Apple held it uh, held its annual WWDC event. And there was a lot that was announced. So we're going to, you know, pick through the announcements uh, and dissect it a little bit. There's updates on um, Apple's iOS 15, iPad iOS, iPad OS 15, watch OS.8, and Mac OS Monterey. This is all available to developers. Um, There was like a lot announced here. I have not decided. So I've been running the betas. Mm-hmm. Uh, I have not decided what I think about the new notifications, mm-hmm. which was a big part of the, uh, the mobile OS updates. Mm-hmm. Um, they have made the notification cards smaller. They removed a whole line from them. Um, and some apps no longer tell you what app it is that through the notification, uh, you have to know based on the icon what it is that through the notification. And that's not, I don't always know all the app icons. Fortunately, it's Messenger that does it the most. It doesn't say that it's Messenger. It's just the icon and where the app name should be, it's the person who messaged you. And I don't like it. Okay. Um, But the summary, the message, the notification roundup I don't remember what they're calling it, but that's what they should call it. Um, it's a summary of your notifications when you're in like, leave me alone mode. Um, that's a cool idea. Uh, I don't think I would like it because <laughs> I don't like somebody else to summarize the information I've asked for so much. Right. But it's it's an interesting idea. You know, you're working through the day and you're getting all your your nonsense notifications, right? Apple news is throwing weirdness at you. And a couple of people have messaged you on messenger and, you know, Facebook has done whatever it does. And you've got text messages and, you know, instead of having 70 notifications, when you come back to your phone after working, I like the idea of a summary. And there, there's definitely room for it in the world. Well, they, it's, a, it's they, an interesting idea. Well, they, they announced the, the change called, <clears throat> excuse me, <clears throat> The saying called focus or saying which allows you to decide which apps can send you notifications at uh, specific times. Um, you can also create a home screen to match it to. Um, uh, Craig Federighi says, uh, who's, who's head of Apple's uh, software engineering, saying that focus is a new way to match your device to your current mindset with focus. So all you have to do is choose what you want to focus on. You can carve out time in your day for work or your personal life. Yeah, it, it's, an, it's an interesting idea uh, for sure. Um, and I really like the, the summary aspect of that. 
um, for all the notifications that were held during one of your focus sessions. Yeah, that's that's great because I think we all know <laughs> during an eight-hour workday, if you were to completely ignore your phone and then go back to it at the end of your workday, the number of notifications you would have would be painful. Mm-hmm. Yep, <laughs> so, agreed. You know, agreed. the idea that, you know, this this summary panel can say, I know you don't care about Domino's pizza. So I'm not <laughs> even going to let you know that they sent you a notification while you were away. You can go find it yourself. But here's the stuff that you care about. Your mom called twice and you got a Facebook message, messenger message from Kirk. And, you know, mm-hmm. these are people that you care about, but you didn't want to be disturbed by during during work. So here's here's that stuff. I it's an interesting idea. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, there were certainly a lot of things I did not care about in a really unique and special way. Mm-hmm. Uh, FaceTimes coming to non-Apple users. Yep, that was that was um, reported Could on. Not care less, uh, because it's not like FaceTime is special. Mm-hmm. It's just Skype, right? There, there's nothing special about it. And the idea that, oh, well, now we can use Apple's Skype on Android. Again, could not care less. (laughs) I've got enough ways that I get mad that people want to video call on. I don't need another one. Right. Right. So I I did not care about that. The new share stuff, um, I can kind of see where somebody would care but i'm not gonna lie the more they do this the more i'm ready to put the iphone away entirely and be uh move my my daily driver over to my my uh surface mm-hmm. it's i mean the fact that they're releasing new features and announcing them and it's making me want to leave the platform mm-hmm. they're heading in the wrong direction Okay, so let's see. There was other announcements, and there, again, there was a lot live, here. So live text. I want to talk about live text. Okay, go because ahead. There, so there's two things that were that were said that weren't said. the The first was, check out this cool technology that we're developing for our augmented reality glasses that we haven't announced that we're going to show you first on the iPhone. And live text is that feature. Um, when it comes to the phone, I don't necessarily care, but let's take this concept and put it on glasses on your face and let's talk about how cool this is. You take a picture and then the tech, if you take a picture of a, a, a chalkboard at a restaurant that's got the menu on it, you can select that text as if it's text that you have typed. That is super cool. It's not so, I don't care on the phone. But when all of a sudden you've got AR glasses on and you can put your finger out and select text in the air and copy it or send it to somebody, that is cool. That's cool. Um, That's technology I'm super excited about. Um, And then uh, I think it was Craig made a comment about his car and i'm like oh well we know what that what that's a tease for 
the Apple car that I don't think is ever going to actually happen. <laughs> but the the live tech stuff really was from a tech from a technology standpoint really cool. Um, yeah, the photos search I don't like because I don't like when anybody scans my photos and tries to analyze them uh, <laughs> to tell me what's in them because I don't want anybody but me to know what it is. <laughs> um, some of the app updates look look interesting. Uh, I'll believe it when I see it because some of what they showed doesn't exist in the betas yet. Um, also, 0% uh, chance I'm giving Apple my driver's license. <laughs> Just throwing that out there. There's a 0% chance I'm giving them my driver's license. Uh, are you looking for live text in the video? No, I was looking that, for, okay. uh, no, I was looking, I was skipping ahead because, um, okay. because you mentioned a digital wallet and that's why I'm looking, uh, pulling up this, right? If you're watching live on video right now, we're just showing the replay from the uh, keynote from, from Tuesday. Yeah. I'm, I'm not at all interested in giving, and it's not Apple specifically. I'm not interested in giving Apple my driver's license. I'm not interested in giving Google my driver's license. I'm not interested in giving Microsoft my driver's ditto. license. Yeah, ditto. I, it's, this is a lot of my concern here has nothing to do with Apple. They're just mm -hmm. the ones that are doing it. Mm -hmm. I, for me, it wouldn't matter if it was Google or Microsoft or Amazon. Or I, I'm not interested in any of them having my driver's license. Um, but again, if you're not worried about the privacy concerns, there's definitely benefits to it, mm -hmm. but I'm worried about the privacy concerns. Yeah. So, well, that's that's universal, and also too, like when people have gotten their COVID nineteen um, vaccinations, I must say, if you do a Google photo search, Google Google photo search, you'll see a boatload of, of photos with their card and their name. You all know, some don't info. all their information. Yeah. So please don't share that. On and speaking of that, we'll look at that a little bit later in a few minutes. Um, um, but yeah, please don't do that. <laughs> yeah, uh, I will say that the uh, the iPad multitasking stuff was probably my favorite uh, change. Basically, out of everything they announced, I think that was my favorite. Um, they've basically over the last couple of years they've they've made iPad OS uh, work like Windows 8. All the things that they said they hated about Windows 8, they've implemented. This is the first time they've created something. And I think what they've created is actually fantastic. So, you know, these these shelves, um, I can't wait to really spend some time with them. Um, in fact, the iPad is charging right now so, so that I can, so that I can play with them. Uh, but you know, it's a, it's an interesting idea. I think it will actually make multitasking better. Um, the idea that you can build apps on the iPad again, could not care less. I'm sorry. It, an iPad is not the place to do that because one screen, no professional developer develops with one screen. Um, and so trying to do it on an iPad 
just seems like a joke to me. Um, there was, oh, uh, in, in Mac OS Monterey, the mouse without borders thing where you can move your mouse between devices. Um, lots of people were really excited about that. It's something that I've been doing on my computers and tablets for years <laughs> with a product called mouse without borders, but it is, it is really cool that uh, Apple has said this is such an such a useful thing that we should make it native. So I think that's really cool. Uh, couldn't care less about revamped Safari because just like we used to joke in the old days about Internet Explorer, its uh, best use was to download Chrome. Um, I make the same joke about Safari. <laughs> <laughs> it is by far one of the worst web browsers I've ever used and no amount of uh, trying to polish it is going to make it okay in my book. Okay. But yeah. there was a, there was a lot of stuff. Obviously we're yep. just kind of touching, touching on this stuff. Um, if you don't want to get mad at people being excited about nothing, uh, watching the keynote is probably not for you. Mm -hmm. uh, and that's probably most Apple keynotes. I usually get mad at how excited they are over absolutely nothing. And get excited and get excited, especially when they're in the uh, in the Steve Jobs theater and they get and they yeah. clap. And most majority and a lot of people don't notice, but when you hear all that clapping, that's Apple the Apple employees in the first mm -hmm. two rows. So when, when you hear the cheers excited, you know, it's not the general public, it's the Apple employees getting excited about it. Well, it's it's Apple employees and the tech press who are have some sort of a weird love affair with Apple. I don't understand it. Like the verge. Uh, well, that's <laughs> that turned out to be because Apple was paying them to be excited, but that's mm -hmm. a whole different issue. Right. Um but yeah, it's they get super excited over nothing. Oh, look, we changed the notifications. And everybody's clapping. It's like, I don't think that's better. No, right. <laughs> right. You can now put your driver's license on your phone. <laughs> no. No, thank you. Right. We're working with some states so that you can use the the Apple digital driver's license through TSA. Mm-hmm. No, definitely not doing that. Right. Yeah. So there's a yeah, like Scott said, there's a there's we had touched on a couple of things, a few things. So there, we'll have a link up in the show notes that has the breakdown of everything that was announced, and the uh, there's a YouTube video. It's a little over an hour and twenty minutes. So definitely want to check it out. Uh, have at I, it. I, I like the email obfuscation uh, for iCloud Plus. That that was one that I meant to touch on. I thought that was oh, okay. a really cool idea uh, where when you go to sign up for something uh, like a newsletter or whatever, and you tap into it, you get a you get an option at the bottom to say generate a new email address. Mm -hmm. And it'll give like random letters, numbers and characters at iCloud.com that will forward to you. But you can also terminate. So basically, it's like my privacy cards, right? But for email. Uh, and it's built into the OS. And that's a clever or into 
maybe into Safari. I don't remember. It's built into something. And I think it's a clever idea. Um, I think more things should have that capability. I'm not a big fan of auto-generated passwords because um, I feel that's something I need to know. But if I'm signing up for something I don't care about, right now I have a Gmail account that I send it to because I don't care. Uh, <laughs> but it would be super cool if I'd be able to you know, turn off individual things that I don't care about. I think that's a pretty cool idea. All right, other news this week. Well, speaking of sharing, (laughs) (laughs) U.S. House Representative Mo uh, Mo Brooks, uh, Republican out of Alabama, revealed his Gmail password and a pin in a Sunday rage tweet about a lawsuit regarding the January 6th insurrection attempt. Uh, he sits on Brooks, who sits on the House, houses, which is ironic. Oh, it's. Here's the thing that I have learned. They pick the people least appropriate for these for these subcommittees. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It's like, oh, you're a uh, you you hate the Middle East. Great, let's have you on the the Foreign Affairs Committee. No, what are we doing? Right. And here he's on the Cyber Innovative Technologies and Information Systems Subcommittee, and he shared his Gmail password. Mm-hmm. He he tweeted this photo uh, from a from an iPad of his Windows computer attached to which was a piece of paper with login credentials written on it. So apparently, he, well, you're probably wondering why he did that <laughs> because um, because based on the number of capitalized tweets in a tweet, <laughs> he was upset because he was observed legal papers by House Representative Eric Swalwell. Who has sued Brooks, um, Donald Trump Jr., and Rudy Giuliani? Uh, Rudy Giuliani for allegedly helping the helping to instigate the January storming of the Capitol. Uh, Rob uh, Representative Brooks deleted a tweet featuring the credentials and posted a second attempt with the sensitive information cropped out. The password Doesn't was visible. <laughs> right, it's already the damage is already done. The password. And- <laughs> Finish your sentence. The password was visible from Brooks's Twitter profile for a better part of the day. <laughs> it's not like it was a half a second and he's like, oh my God, I can't believe there's my password. And he pulled it down real quick and maybe it didn't get archived. It was all, it was, it was almost it was a day. whole day. Almost a whole day. Right. <laughs> so Swallow's lawyer, um, Philip Andonian told CNN, quote, Mo Brooks has no one has no one but himself to blame for the fact that it came to this. We asked him to waive service. We offered to meet him at a place he was choosing instead of working things out like a civilized person. He engaged in a juvenile game of Twitter, trolling over the past few days and continued to evade service. He demanded we serve him. We did just that. So, again. <laughs> but here's the thing. The cause doesn't matter. I don't care about any of the backstory. Right. I, I care about the fact, A, that a member of the House's Cyber Information Systems Subcommittee has his Gmail password on a post-it on his monitor because that's rule number one not to do. Right. I care that it's such a normal part of this guy's life that he took a picture. He didn't screenshot. He took his phone and took a picture of his computer screen Mm-hmm. and shared it mm-hmm. and the idea that his password is just written on his monitor is just such a normal part of his day 
that he mm-hmm. didn't even consider that it was there. Mm-hmm. And he's, he's on the cyber information system subcommittee. And on the, and on the uh, science basic technology, he's on two committees. He's on two committees. So the, you know, whatever, and I agree, you know, whatever happened, we're not going to get into politics um, on this because it, because of the tech podcast, not, uh, tech podcast um, and not political. Right. But moving that aside, you don't, yeah. I mean, if you're pissed Because the political about, background doesn't matter. No, it doesn't. Not in the, not the least. Because so. his Uber Eats order may have been delivered wrong and he may have responded the same way. Right. Oh, right. Right. <laughs> we don't know this guy. No. I'm not from Alabama. I don't know this guy for nothing. Right. He may have responded the same way with a an Uber Eats order going wrong. The <laughs> the response. Right. The response is weird. Right. And the fact that his password is written on his computer monitor. Mm-hmm. I, and just to be on the safe side, if you're putting a password, make sure you put it like you don't put it on a post-it note anywhere. <laughs> you memorize or try to memorize it or use a uh, or use last manager. <laughs> exactly. You know, and if Find you're the password kid, manager that stores your passwords, not in the cloud. So you don't get hacked like uh, whoever that was. Exactly. Yeah, so if you're, I mean, also be careful. And the old saying is, be careful what you tweet because when you tweet a photo, it's on the internet forever, regardless of what it is. It's it's on there forever. And if you're gonna do damage control, oh crap, too late. Damage is done. Yeah, and <sighs> so this is one of those many many reasons why you shouldn't be using the same password and everything because now. This guy's got to go change his password. Hopefully I already did because this is not a new story. Uh, Mm -hmm. It's not like this happened this evening. Uh, He's now got to go. He's changed his password on Gmail and everywhere else he uses it, Mm -hmm. which is not convenient. (laughs) Right. (laughs) I am just none of this is good for anybody. Except anybody who wanted access to his Gmail, because they definitely had it for a while. Mm-hmm. And two-factor authentication, guys. Always right. 2FA. Mm-hmm. So if you do do something stupid, it still doesn't quite matter as much. Yep. Yeah. So. Yeah. So. <sighs> yep. <laughs> All right. Speaking of, speaking of Google, um, Jen Thorpe again from geeknewcentral.com. Posted a story on Tuesday that Ohio Attorney General Dave Yost filed a lawsuit asking a court to declare Google as a public utility. Public utility, um, quote, reigning in the ways the powerful search engine provides search results to Ohioans, according to the news release. Ohio is the first state in the country to bring such a lawsuit. The lawsuit was filed in Delaware County Common Pleas Court. It asserts two causes of action against Google. It seeks a legal it seeks a legal declaration that Google is a common carrier or public utility subject to proper government regulation. It says Google has a duty to offer sources or competitors' rights equal to its own, meaning it should not prioritize the placement of its own products, services, and websites on search result pages. Those equal rights should extend to advertisements, enhancements, knowledge boxes. Integrated, integrated, specialized searches, direct answers, and other features. 
The Columbia Dispatch posted a statement from Ohio Attorney General Dave Yost, quote, Google used its dominance over of internet search to steer Ohioans to Google's own products. That's discriminatory and anti-competitive. When you own the railroad or electric company or the cell phone tower, you treat everyone like you treat everyone the same and give everybody access. Mm-hmm. The lawsuit, which the Columbus Dispatch embedded into her article, does not seek monetary damages. Excuse me. Google also provided a statement to the Columbus Dispatch saying, quote, Ohioans simply don't want the government to run Google like a gas electric company. Um, the, this lawsuit has no basis in fact or law and we'll defend our, and we will defend ourselves against it in court. And they're going to, and this, and (laughs) they're going to lose. There's no way that, you know, we always say about government, you know, there's always things bad about government. There's good thing about government, you know, and, but I don't think that Google, they're going to, especially in one state, you know, they're going to have it as a public utility because it's an internet company. It's. I, I don't know if there's an antitrust thing going on or uh, here here's the thing. Several European countries um have already succeeded in this move um to to regulate Google as essentially as a public utility. The fact that um certain companies are are becoming digital versions of of uh common carriers. Now I don't know. I don't know if uh, public utility is the way to go with this. This is a, t- a conversation that we've had on on F5 Live many times over the years. I don't know that public utility is exactly the way to go. Common carrier might be a more appropriate uh, classification to win. This is going to the Supreme Court. There's no doubt in my mind this is going to head to the Supreme Court at some point because um, neither side is going to give up. Um, the public is losing trust in the big guys. Um, the, I think we said a couple of weeks, a couple of weeks ago, probably months ago at this point, that the, the one topic that the left and right seem to be able to agree on is that they hate big tech. Mm -hmm. Uh, Mm -hmm. Yep. Uh, you know, Ron DeSantis is going to find social media companies for taking politicians off the platform. And, um, uh, Elizabeth Warren suggested uh, breaking up Facebook and Google. I, the one thing that everybody seems to be able to agree on is their distrust of big tech. Um, and so the public doesn't trust them the way they used to. Politicians don't trust them the way they used to. Um, I think the era of, of the big tech conglomerates might be coming to an end. Uh, and this might be the beginning of it because at some point it's going to become more expensive uh, for them to fight than it's worth. And also too, the also too over the, over the past several years, um, they want, they want Google to be broken up. They want it, they want Facebook to be broken up. Mm-hmm. They want it to be regulated. <clears throat> you know, it's been an ongoing battle for many, many years. And I mm-hmm. just kind of, I kind of doubt that with Ohio, <clears throat> excuse me, the state of Ohio, <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, it wants to use it as a public utility. I just find I hi, I highly doubt it's going to pass muster. It started with a couple of a couple of states uh, making this same assessment over uh, cellular phones for them to be considered public utilities. So 
you know, uh, there there is there is some history um, and some precedent for this and for it to be a success. Now, will it be? I don't know. Um, but there is some some legal precedent for this kind of thing um, with other emerging technologies like wireless phones. You know, it uh, 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 Primeco will go back to those days because that's after that is about when it happened. You know, you've got you had Primeco and Sprint and they were national and Altel. Um, they were they were national carriers or at least large regional carriers in some cases. Altel was never technically a national carrier um and they started to be regulated in a couple of states as utilities and then it just took <laughs> so there there is precedent for it whether or not google will be in that space i don't know because they're going to try and claim that they're a publisher more akin to a newspaper but they also just announced i don't know if this is in our rundown i didn't see it they did announce this week that they were massively changing their algorithm to get rid of certain content that they didn't like in their search results um which doesn't make them the platform that they try to hide behind so you know there's there's some things brewing the future i don't know but there's precedent for it, and it'll. This is going to be fascinating. I think you might be talking, but I can't hear you. I was muted. Sorry. There you go. Because <laughs> I was coughing. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I definitely. We should definitely keep an eye on this um, over the next few weeks and see. Oh, what's going to happen? This is going to be a multi-year thing. Yeah, this will carry out over. T- two, three, four years, um, it will make it to the Supreme Court eventually, for sure, because Ohio's not going to let go. Yeah. yeah and, I'm just going to... And Google's not going to let go. This is... Right. I'm, this isn't going to be Google and Oracle. We, no. You know, we're not going to follow this for 11 years. No, um, this is it will be a couple of years before it gets there. Yeah, we're going to definitely keep an eye on this. I'm definitely kind of curious, you know, what's going to happen over the next few months into a year or or years okay all right other news this week volkswagen says more than 3.3 million customers had their information exposed after one's vendors left a cache of customer data unsecured on the internet oh did they did they tweet out a picture of their password <laughs> no um the, the, the no, this maker, was even dumber this was even dumber yeah the car maker said in a letter that the vendor used by volkswagen its subsidiary audi audi excuse me and authorized dealers in the u.s and canada left the customer's data spanning 2014 to 2019 unprotected over a two-year window between august 2019 and may of this year this is what happened with facebook too Mm-hmm. Yep. The data which Volkswagen said was gathered for sales and marketing contained personal information about customers and prospective buyers, including their name, postal and email addresses and phone number. But more than more than 90,000 customers across the U.S. and Canada also had more sensitive data exposed, including information reloading and including information related to lo- loan eligibility. The letter said most of the sense of data was driver's license numbers, but that a, quote, small number of records also included a customer's date of birth and social security numbers. 
Volkswagen did not name the vendor and a company spokesperson did not immediately comment. Um, Volkswagen's letter, however, did not say if the company had evidence that the data exposed by the vendor was misused. Uh, I have a question. Mm-hmm. Why in the world did Volkswagen give social security numbers to an outside vendor? I, I'm not entirely sure that's legal. No, I don't believe that's no, that's not legal. <laughs> I don't believe so. No, I know your your driver's license information, date of birth, but no, I don't think social security I don't, card. I don't think they're allowed to transfer that information. No. I think you're yeah, I think you're right. I don't think that's that's legal. <laughs> it, it's stupid either way, because there's right. absolutely no reason for it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then and they're looking and doing some research, looking to see if if there's any more information. If you're affected by it, I couldn't see, I couldn't locate anything on if um, where to go with Volkswagen. So if you're affected by this, um, definitely reach out to your your dealer or check your I mean, check your credit reports as well. Three point three million customers in the U.S. and Canada, spanning from 2014 to 2019. Mm-hmm. If you bought a car in that time. Yeah. It's you. Yeah. Guaranteed. If you bought mm-hmm. a new Volkswagen or any product from a Volkswagen dealership, including probably a used car from, you know, the other side of the lot. Right. That's probably you. You're probably yeah. in there. Yeah, definitely. I would definitely reach out to, if that happened, definitely check your credit reports. Definitely, um, credit bureau, excuse me, credit reports and mm-hmm. definitely reach out and find out what happened and what you can do to get a fix. And Volkswagen isn't... See if Volkswagen is offering a credit monitoring. Credit monitoring, right. Definitely. All right. uh, Next up, uh, according to a report from the Washington Post, it seems that one that out of the top 1,000 apps in Apple's App Store, about 2% of those apps were found to be scam apps. The report claims that these apps might have been resulted in people getting defrauded out of $48 million. Oof. Yeah, that's a lot of that's a lot of greenbacks. Um, Apple spokesperson Fred Sains or Saint or Signs, responsible this guy's name as well, probably has responded to report in a statement which reads, which wrote, reads, excuse me, quote: "We hold developers to high standards, keep the App Store a safe and trusted place for customers to download software, and we will always take action against apps that pose a harm to users." Apple leads the industry with practices that put the safety of their customers first. And we'll continue learning, evolving our practices, and investing the necessary resources to make sure customers are presented with the very best experiences. And that was probably the the best boilerplate response. Yeah, yeah. We uh, that was a lot of words to say. Oops. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Yeah. We hold our developers to high standards. You, you know what this reply is? This reply is trying to save face in the epic battle, mm-hmm. right? Because I they didn't make quite the splash they wanted to, but they right. certainly bloodied Apple's nose a bit mm-hmm. um, with statistics. Now, a couple things to keep in mind here. Out of the top... 1,000 apps in the App Store, 2% were were found to be scam. Okay, that's 20 apps. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, well, it's not a huge number, mm-hmm. but 
20 out of the top thousand are scam apps and 20 apps defrauded 48 million. So on average, they got away with almost 3 million each. Mm -hmm. That's not great. Two and a half million each. I mean, that's not great. Um, I mean, it's great return on investment, (laughs) Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. (laughs) but it sucks. That's a lot of money for just 20 apps to have scammed. And, uh, you know, Apple always says that they're the, they're the safe, the safe Harbor, right? That's why we, that's why our approval process is so stringent and, you know, cause we're the safe Harbor for apps We're consumers have privacy, consumers have security. Maybe not so much, right. maybe not as much as you'd like people to think Because yeah. 48 million. I'd like to know how long that 48 million covers. Cause like if they did that in a weekend, that's impressive. If it's been since the app store launched in 2009, mm-hmm. not as much, <laughs> you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yep. I mean, two and a half million over 12 years isn't bad if it's just a guy. But, <laughs> <laughs> but you know, I don't know. Yeah. All right. And finally, there's a little bit of, uh, and finally this week, um, on the April 30th episode, we dissected the FCC $50 broadband subsidy program, and they're back in the news. And it's not good news, um, because there have been customers who have not been able to obtain discounts because of technical problems in the Federal Communication Commission's rollout of the problem. That can't be, that can't be right. (laughs) The U.S. government has never spent an inordinate amount of money to build the ACA website for it to not work on day one. Mm-hmm. Oh, wait, never mind. Right. <laughs> this is how it always works. It, exactly. Um, so apparently the problem is stemming from the FCC's national verifier and how the broadband systems interact with F- the FCC database um, is detailed in an article that was reported by protocol. Small mismatches between entire data between entries and databases, such as having, ad- having an address recorded as Elm Street, or excuse me, E-L-M-S-T in the ISP system and Elm Street in the FCCs can cause people's application to be rejected. Uh-huh. ISP uh-huh. may be partly to blame as some collect information in the wrong format, despite having received training on how to use the system from the FCC. Our second is writing that in hindsight, though, the FCC could have allowed the ISPs to use a program without requiring such strict data matching. The emergency broad benefit was rolled out quickly, rolled out quickly relative to other government programs because of the pressing need to get subsidies to consumers. And the FCC hasn't been able to fully assume with the problem in the month since the program began. The FCC is working on fixes scheduled rollout over the next couple of weeks. And ISPs have been frequently communication has be, have been in frequent communication with the agency, but customers continue to have problems. In the meantime, people can apply for the subsidy at the the program at the program's website. We'll have a link up in the show notes. Um, but you may have frustrating snags when you follow up with their ISP. Now, the company I work for, it you know how it's everything's formatted in, in databases. Does with street s t r e e t it it does have s t in it and it's recognized and how it's mapped out with addresses in our in our databases. So this is like 
mind boggling to say the least. <clears throat> so okay. So let me let me tell a quick story. And Mark, I'm gonna credit you on this. This is Mark's story. He used to work for our one of our local power companies uh, as a co-op. And one of the tasks that he was assigned was to uh, create a report on how many, what percentage of uh, technician calls were caused by squirrels. <laughs> I'll, I'll give you a spoiler. It's most. Oh, boy. <laughs> it's more than 50%. It is literally oh, most. Holy crap. <laughs> but oh here's goodness. the thing. Here's the thing. How do you spell squirrel? Doesn't matter. Okay. Because every human being apparently puts it into the into the power company's system differently. <laughs> <laughs> he That's discovered, cute. he discovered that everything from the full word spelled correctly mm -hmm. to the word spelled Honest, honest to God, so incorrectly, it might as well have been in Hebrew. <laughs> to some technicians just getting so mad at typing the word squirrel in so many times that they just started putting the letter S. <laughs> oh, my goodness. And so he had to collate, you know, and, and create a report on all of this and figure mm -hmm. out, well, the reason... <laughs> Reason for visit just says S. <laughs> All right. That's a squirrel. I can guarantee that's a squirrel. And so this was a human being looking at data mismatches and not always knowing what he's looking at. Mm -hmm. Having a computer try and deal with, with the different ways somebody has entered squirrel into right. the system right it would it would have melted especially <laughs> in the mid 90s uh with an uh, an actual mainframe powering all of this mm -hmm. um you know it probably would have actually melted but even today the human brain is much better at pattern matching than electronic computers are mm -hmm. and so you're always going to have pattern mismatches but here's the thing what the system should do is ping the FCC, right? Mm -hmm. And say, okay, here's your name. Here's your information. This is what we have in our system. Mm -hmm. This is what the FCC has in their system, mm -hmm. right? Because you've ordered something online from a new site at some point and you type in your address mm -hmm. and it goes, I don't think, is this it? Yeah. Is this what you meant? And it looks the same, right? But sometimes it's added the dash, whatever, you know, the four digits on your zip code, or maybe it has abbreviated street, or maybe it's right. put an apartment number on the second line instead of the first or yep. vice versa. Yep. You know, it, it went to a database. It did its own little pattern matching and said, well, this is like 85% the same. Is this what you meant? Yeah. They could have easily implemented something like that. And taken all the onus off the FCC, that's mm -hmm. never going to get it right. Right. <laughs> and brought it in house and said, okay, so we have one, two, three main street, and the FCC has one, two, three main ST period. They're both the same name. Right. They're both the same city and zip code. 
That's the only difference. And a human being who's taking this application in can go, yes. Or when you go put in your app, it says, just like just like if you're ordering from, say, Target the first time online, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. It says, uh, is this the address you meant? Is this good? Can we ship it to this address? They could do the same thing. You go to... You know, you go to Spectrum's website and say, I want the $50 whatever. And it says, oh, so this is the address we have in our system. Does this look right? Yeah. <laughs> because this is what the FCC has. It would have been easy. Taking all the onus off the off the government because we know that the government's computer systems, anybody who tried to get a vaccine in the first six weeks that they were out, knows how bad the government systems were for that. They were all collapsing. Or God forbid you had to go on unemployment in uh, May of last year. Right? Every state's unemployment system collapsed. Yep. Because they suck. This isn't what they do. Yeah, and again, with with the company that I work for, you know, how everything's formatted. Street is ST. um, Apartment is APT. um, You know, the floor... The floor spelled is F L R, not F L O O R. Um, so, and there, a lot of the, the information submitted is all. Sometimes it's um, it takes. We, we mentioned about the squirrel, mm-hmm. <laughs> which because a lot of notes that we put in and how it's how it's even formatted drops the vowels. Okay. Um, and the and that's how everything is formatted in all of our systems. Everything. Okay. Everything's formatted like that. And when we're pl- plugging in, so it's and so there's consistency. So they could have generated a thing to do cross reference matching. Exactly. Yep. Yeah, for mm-hmm. sure. And that's the thing. These companies know that the government's going to screw it up. Yep. Because there's no way this is the first time they've been through it. You know that Verizon, AT and T, and and Comcast have been through government systems before they know mm-hmm. they're not going to work. Right. Yeah. Take the, take the onus off because you know who people are going to get mad at, not the FCC. They think it's your right. fault. Right. And also in the, in the story, um, which we'll, we'll have a link up in the show notes. Um, apparently there's a couple of customers that was approved went or they were approved with, with um, Comcast supposedly, or with, I can't remember the name of it, what happened, but apparently went back to FCC. They said it got denied. They FCC told to com- contact the ISP. Comcast was like, well, yeah, we can't do anything about it. So we're going this back and forth thing, leaving the customer in the lurch, which really like, that's like, it's an inconvenience to customer because the customer wants this program, needs it. And, and- everybody looks stupid. Exactly. Exactly. And in fairness, in this case, it does seem like it's the FCC that should look stupid. But I agree. But in in the end, everybody looks stupid. Comcast Mm -hmm. looks dumb. The people on the phone look dumb. Everybody Mm -hmm. looks like they don't know what they're doing. And it's not good for anybody. It's not. It's not. And something tells me that hopefully, well, in that program, something tells me that it's going to be, it's not going to, um, there's going to be more problems that's going to ensue. And I, I have kind of have, I still have, I kind of have, I de- there's sometimes I have doubt on how things operate, especially with the government. I enjoy it, but I will see what happens. So there you go. All right. And that is the tech news for this week. It's a little, again, light news, 
coupled by the dominating news. Yes, we did, as always. Absolutely. Um, that is tech news for this week for Friday, June 11th. Thank you so much for tuning in for this week's episode. Show notes from this episode can be found at gncweekly.com. Also, be sure to check out the latest tech news and commentary from geeknewscentral.com. And be sure to tune in Mondays and Thursday evenings at geeknewscentral.com slash live for the Geek News Central podcast. And then be sure to watch and tune in Friday evenings, 8 p.m. Eastern time at gncweekly.com slash live. So be sure to so please be sure to like and subscribe to the GNCWIR channel on YouTube. Also, please make sure to click on the bell and always select notifications. Um, always select all notifications so we not miss the episode. And also be sure to share this episode with people you know and check out this podcast also. Also, be sure to subscribe to this podcast on your favorite podcast app. And be sure to tune in to F5 Refreshing Technology with Scott and Abram Pilch Sunday evenings at 9 p.m. Eastern Time at f5live.tv slash join us. Or be sure to subscribe to the podcast on your favorite podcast app. If you have a comment or comments on this week's episode, we'd love to hear from them, especially the proper spelling of squirrel. <laughs> Head on over to. <laughs> yeah. If you were presented with the need to type the word squirrel into a computer system, how would you spell it? Right. Without using without using the autocorrect. <laughs> um, we'd love to hear from them. Head on over to gncweekly.com slash connect and connect via email, Twitter, or Facebook. I'm on Twitter. I'm at Kirk Corliss. Scott is on Twitter at Triple T M A B O till the next episode of GNC Week in Review. So long. Ciao.